picture Jesus in human form and that he does everyday things like us and that for years of his life, he recited and sung the same hymn that we're about to go through as a community today. So um, as we get into it, just kind of think about that and reflect on that as within the same context. So let's get into it. So if you guys would grab your Bibles or your fo- if your phone is on your Bible, grab your phone. But if you're grabbing your phone, I'm going to just ask you and try it. When you pick up your phone, don't open Instagram or don't look at the text that you just got or an email. Open it up to Psalm 117, and then we are going to stand and read this together. So when you find it, go ahead and I'll give you a second. Go ahead and stand. All right, let's read this together. Oh, and also, it doesn't matter what version you have. I don't care. It's two verses. It will all work out fine. So just read it. (laughs) Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Okay, don't sit down. We're going to try this again. Okay, remember, this is a psalm of praise to the Lord. So, we just read it, and you probably didn't even think twice about it. Now read this to him, and take a moment, and let's read this like you mean it. Pretend that you mean it, even if you don't yet, just pretend it. But it's like what I tell my girls when we're taking a picture. Pretend that you like each other. So I want us to read the words. Don't be self-conscious. Read this to the Lord. Let's try again. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. That was much better. As we sit down, I'm going to pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this psalm. I ask that you speak through me and that you will just say what you want to say to your people and take me out of it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, As you can see, Psalm 117 is short and simple, but it's filled with richness and depth and beauty. I had us read it again a second time because this leads directly into my first point, the call to praise. Um, In just two verses, it calls us to praise the Lord three different times. It says... Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples. And then it closes again with praise the Lord. I think they're trying to make a point. So I started to kind of reflect back on what does praise really mean. And in order to do that, I looked up a couple words. Extol was the first word I looked up because I wasn't super familiar with it. But it means to speak well of, paralleling the the word praise, which means to be excitedly boastful about. And then I looked up the definition of praise. And it says... To express one's respect and gratitude towards, or express warm approval or admiration of. And some of the synonyms were honor, thanks, glory, worship, commend, applaud, admire, glorify, exalt, adore. Think about those words for a second. When was the last time you were excitedly boastful about something? That you had some news or an experience or you got engaged or something happened with your friend and you just couldn't contain it. You just had to talk about it and you had to tell someone. Now, when was the last time that you were excitedly boastful about the Lord? Can you remember a time? Can you remember a time that you could not wait to tell somebody about what the Lord was doing in your life? And I would argue that I think that I hear us being excitedly boastful about our kids, about our friends, about funny YouTube videos, our favorite team full of people we don't even actually know. Um, 
all of those things, those are great things, but I would argue that we are more excitedly boastful about those things than I hear us being excitedly boastful about the Lord. And I, as I was reflecting on this, I had to ask myself, do I practice this? Is this something that I do regularly? Do I praise God? Do I regularly acknowledge his goodness and his faithfulness? Do I live a life that even allows room for that? And then I started to ask, are we good at this as a church? And I mean beyond the 20 minutes that we're about to have in worship, because I think that is a really beautiful time, and I think we enter into it. But I also think even within that time that we worship and that we have that set-aside time of praise, that we can go through the motions, and we can say the words, and we can sing them, and not even be engaged in it whatsoever. Um, because it's not the words, it's not, it's not the actual time that does it, but it's the posture of our heart that praises. And I'm convinced that praising the Lord should be a part of our everyday life. And I think it's simpler than we think. Just the other day, I was out on the lake at our friend's place, and I was on a paddleboard with my daughter, who's five, and then we had our other little friend, Benj. If you haven't met Benj, he's the cutest little five-year-old I've ever met. He's Carly's son. And he he was swimming up to us, and he had these goggles on, (laughs) a life jacket, and he talks like this because he was talking like the duck from Looney Tunes, he said. <laughs> I, I said it sounded great. But he goes, hey, Emmy, who's my five-year-old. And she's like, yeah? And he goes, Emmy, God has the power to provide. <laughs> and I go, I was like, what, Ben? What did you just say? <laughs> like, we're on the lake. I'm not even talking about anything. And he goes, God has the power to provide. And I was just like, one, I was like, you're the cutest human alive. And then two, I thought, gosh, he gets it. Like, he's just swimming around, and he's thinking, and he's postured his heart in a way, without even knowing it probably, and he's just thinking about the Lord and was excited to talk about it and wanted to tell his friend that God's going to provide. And I thought, why don't we do that? Like, why don't we lean into that? And I think that's all it is. So even in the time of worship that we have here, or in our small groups, we've tried to practice this as a small group. Um, We tried to incorporate that as a time to acknowledge what God is doing in our lives. But even more than that, just daily, even opening our eyes to seeing what he's doing and then acknowledging it and telling him and praising him for what he's doing. Try it this week. Be like Benj, just acknowledge it and tell somebody or tell the Lord, praise him. Because the Lord is more than worthy of our praise. And when we do praise him and recognize his greatness, we will be changed. And this leads us to our next point. Psalm 117 starts with a call to praise God and then leads into who the author is calling to praise him. The first two lines say, praise him, all nations, and extol him, all you peoples. All nations and all peoples. This is the gospel message. God is for all people, and all nations should be praising him. It's not saying all you people who go to church on Sunday mornings praise him, or even more specifically at that time, he's not saying um, only the Israelites should praise him, but all people and all nations should praise him. I love this because some don't don't fire me but sometimes I have the tendency to look back at the Old Testament and look at it as like there's all these separate stories about individual characters and it talks about all these things that they went through and there's Noah and there's Jonah and you can kind of go through these characters and then all of a sudden the New Testament comes and Jesus is there and then we're saved and that's great but that is not what the Bible is the Bible is God's ongoing love story to all of us His redemptive plan has been for all the nations and all the people from the beginning. When God calls Abraham in Genesis, he says, all people on earth will be blessed through you. And then Paul talks about this later. 
in Romans 15, 9 through 12, while he was, he was providing, the, he was proving the point that salvation is for everyone, Jews and Gentiles. And he refers back to some Old Testament passages in Samuel, Deuteronomy, and then two Psalms, one of, being, one of them being um, Psalm 117, saying that God is for all people. This isn't a new idea. God's redemptive plan has always been for all people. And um, one of the commentaries said it like this. He said, proof of salvation of Gentiles and the glorifying of God by the Gentiles was not a divine afterthought. Let me read that again. Proof of salvation of Gentiles and the glorifying of God by the Gentiles was not a divine afterthought. So why is this important? His plan has always been to draw humanity back to him. God didn't all of a sudden say, oh no, things are messed up. I forgot about everyone else. You are not an afterthought, and I am not an afterthought. And the person in the cubicle next to you at work is not an afterthought. The Bible as a whole is a beautiful story telling us about God's redemptive plan for all of us. But not just us. See, this psalm now calls us to action. We are pretty comfortable sitting in this room right here. We'll come here, and we'll praise, and we'll worship. Um, but this room does not represent all nations, if we're honest. Uh, And Psalm 117 says, Praise him, all nations. Extol him, all people. They are calling others in with them to praise him, to worship him, to recognize his goodness. Are we doing this? Are we inviting people in with us? People living very differently than you, parenting differently than you, people hurting you, people in other political parties, people in your neighborhood. He came for us all. His redemption is for all of us. But in order to do that, we have to get out of our chairs and we have to go out there and be the church in the city. And that's hard. And I want you to reflect in your own life for a little bit about if you are doing this. Because God's redemptive plan is for all nations to praise him and that we are incomplete when all nations and races and walks of life and people of all economic diversities and when all, when all people are not praising him. We as a body are incomplete. Um, in a commentary by James Mays, it says... When Christians say and sing this psalm, Psalm 117, they remind themselves that the praise of God is complete only when they intend to praise in concert with all people, and they bear witness to the world of the triumph of grace over them in the fervent hope that the nations, their own as well as others, will find in that triumph the work of the one whose being is at the center that heals and holds. We are to be a people that invites all nations all the people, and to praise the Lord with us. Are we loving people well? All people well. And through loving them, inviting them into the glorious praise of the Lord. Psalm 117 calls us to praise him, tells us who is to praise him, and then moves seamlessly into telling us why he should be praised. And why? It says, For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Other versions say it this way. They say, great is his love toward us, his unending kindness, his loyal kindness. His love has taken over our lives. God's faithful ways are eternal. For his loving protecting us is strong. The Lord's faithfulness is everlasting. Again, the gospel. God's love for us and his faithfulness to us is eternal, never-ending, delivering, and gives us hope. His love saves us. How do we know? We know this, right? Or not? I mean, a little head nod if you do. (laughs) Um, But I think that's just it. Our response to this is just that. I think we know this in our heads, but 
Do we live it? Are we so confident in his love for us that our life reflects it? Do we let that love continuously change us? The Hebrew word for loving kindness is described like this. It says, it, or it says it's used about 250 times in the Old Testament, and it means loyal, steadfast, or faithful love, and stresses the idea of a belonging together of those involved in the love relationship. And as I was writing this, this section alone was probably the hardest part to write, but yet the part that I wanted to stress the most today and that I felt heaviest on my heart. And it's the hardest to write because there are absolutely no words that I can give you. There's no object lesson, there's no word picture, there's nothing I can do to express how great God's love is for you and for us. There are no words that can contain the greatness of his love. It's too big, it's too deep, it's too infinite for our finite minds to grasp. I even like went through all these ideas of like, when you ask your kids how much you love them and they say this big and then you say no to the moon and back and then, or you've seen those, those speakers who have had like a cup of water and they say God's love is like this and they pour water into the cup and then they keep pouring and it's overflowing and, which is great, but it still is nothing in compared to what God's love really is for us. And I think the closest glimpse I have of this, which is, still a tiny little glimpse, is being a parent myself, I think I've learned. So my parents who are over here, when I was a kid, they used to say to me that there was nothing I could do or say that would make them stop loving me. And I think I never truly understood this until I was a parent, because there really is nothing that my kids can do that will make, them stop, that will make me stop loving them. They will disappoint me, I'm sure, and they will hurt me, and I will be frustrated or angry, but my love for them will never end. It's part of me, it's a depth that can't be touched. And I feel like that's given me a glimpse of God's love for me, but a tiny glimpse because his is perfect. He is love. That is who he is. It says, I am who I am, and that's just part of who he is. Um, so if you, hear, if you have ignored everything else I've said, I'm not offended. But listen to this. This is the part I want you to hear no matter what. God's love and faithfulness for you. God's love and faithfulness for you is greater and deeper and richer and more loyal and more beautiful than anything you could even imagine. But here's the problem. We are not used to this kind of love. We compare the love that we've experienced here on earth with other people, um, and we somehow try and say that it compares to how God loves us, whether that's a good love or whether we've had great experiences or bad experiences. And I would argue to say that a lot of people in this room have experienced broken relationships and loves that have not been loyal, loves that have been faithless and hurtful and harmful. Human relationships are messy, but the mistake we make then is that we then attribute that to God. When people are not faithful to us, that does not mean that God is not faithful to us. Because I guarantee you, people will fail you over and over, but the Lord will not. His love endures forever. He is forever faithful. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. His love for you is faithful, loyal, and everlasting. It has saved us and it's delivered us and gives us hope for the future and it's endless. So what does this mean for us? I believe that if we live into God's love, into his faithfulness to us, if we lean into it, if we even just begin to grasp how great it is, if we were confident in his loyal love for us, 
and recognize this love, praised him. If we lived out Psalm 117, I can confidently say that we would look different, that we as individuals would look different, and as a body of believers, we would be different. We would be more active. We would be more in praise. We would be excitedly boastful about the Lord because his love changes us. We all know this. Go Think back to when you first encountered Christ. You know that his love changes us, but why do we let it stop? Why do we get so comfortable, and why do we sit in our small groups and just kind of keep these walls up. His love changes us. And if this is the first time you've heard that, if this is the first time you've heard that his love for you is faithful and loyal and never-ending, if you lean into that, I promise it will change you too. So we're going to take two minutes right now. Um, We're going to have, Daniel is going to come up and strum on the guitar. I opted that he would do this and not me because I'm not very good at that. But we are going to take two minutes. I want you to take out, again, you can take out your phone if this is where you type stuff at, but use this time. I want you to just be alone for a second. Again, don't text or Instagram or get out your bulletin and paper. And I want us just to take two minutes to reflect on God's faithfulness. I want you to write down some things, some ways in the last week, in the last month, in the last year that God has been faithful to you, that God has shown you his faithfulness and shown you his love. And if you can't think of anything, this might sound harsh and bold. I, if you can't think of ways that God has been faithful to you, I would say that it's not because he hasn't. I would say it's because you're not looking. So if you're having a hard time in that, ask somebody who you walk life with. Ask somebody who's close to you and say, what are ways that you've seen God's faithfulness in my life? Ways that God has loved me. So just go ahead and take a couple minutes. And after a couple minutes, I'll close us. I want to encourage you guys to do that this this week to live out Psalm 117, to start acknowledging his ways and praising him for them and starting to trust in his love for you. Because the more you praise, extol, and acknowledge him, the more you will recognize his doings and will trust in his love and his faithfulness, and it will change you. So we're going to stand together, and you can continue to do this during worship. Um, I want to encourage you even in this time of worship to not be distracted by what else is happening, but to just focus on praising him, whether that's singing these songs, whether that's in a posture of prayer on your knees, whether that's any, whatever it is for you. I just want you to focus on praising the Lord and acknowledging him and being excitedly boastful about him and thanking him for his faithfulness. So if you guys will stand with me, we're going to read this psalm one last time together, like we mean it, and then we're going to enter into a time of worship. Put it up. We can put it up on the slide. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord.